Turn to Romans chapter 12. I've preached not too long ago on 12, 1 and 2. Then also recently I preached on verse 9, let love be without dissimulation or hypocrisy. Preached a whole message on that. I do want to, if the Lord would allow me to, to get into some of these other do's and don'ts. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. By the way, there's a great deal in this 12th chapter of the book of Romans, written by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, that really are like the commands of God, like the Ten Commandments and others. He's not just making suggestions here, he's he's telling the Christians how to live. And that's a big thing in our day-to-day. We have so much of this Christian psychology on the radio and the other media and in the magazines, and it always tells you, seemingly, what that Christian psychologist thinks, and I really don't care what he thinks. I want to know what God says. This is the answer book. And we should answer people's questions with the principles or the very words of God. For He is the great problem solver. When we're lost, He saves us. And when we're saved, He comforts us. When we're in need of power, He empowers us. When we're discouraged, He lifts us out of our doom and puts glory in our soul. He's the answer to everything. Christ is the answer, Lester Roloff used to say. In chapter 12, we'll stand and read just those two verses again in unison, verse 1 and 2. Stand with me, please. This reminds me so much. When I was a teenager and the pastor of the First Baptist Church, we didn't go over there very often. I was a member of Prospect Avenue Baptist Church in Buffalo, New York. And somehow our youth group went over to the First Baptist Church, another independent Baptist church. They were both independent. And went over there and the pastor taught on Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I, boy, I just, I just... It just meant something so much to me as a young teenage, newly saved boy. I mean, it just like jumped right out from the pastor into my heart. And I trust that this may do this with all of the chapter or part of the chapter 12 today. So read this with me in unison, pausing wherever there's any punctuation so we can possibly stay together. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our Father, we pray thy blessing now upon this reading and the other verses of this wonderful, glorious portion of thy holy word. Every word is thy wor- uh, the words of thyself, Lord. We don't question a bit about it. We just believe it. We have enough trouble understanding it and living up to it. We have no time for those that would try to correct it. For we are nobodies that thou hast saved and made somebody in Christ. And we are thankful for that. 
Help us to realize our insignificance, our lack of wisdom, our lack of power, our lack of knowledge. We're coming to Thee, Lord, for a new endowment of all of those things. Help us, we pray now. May those that are here present, may the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost of God, so speak to our hearts that we'll be moved and changed. As that young man down there in Mexico just a week ago said, I need to be changed. I need to be like my mom and daddy who are such good Christians and my brother and sister who are such good Christians and I'm not. I need to be changed. Give us that attitude, Lord. Even as believers, give us that attitude. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I implore you, I beseech you, I beg you in uh, therefore, brethren, he's talking to save people here by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Here you sense a yearning for holiness, a yearning uh, in Paul's heart for the people to, that they might present their bodies like he has presented his body. By the way, when you brought a sacrifice to God, you, brought, you didn't bring just the leg. You didn't just bring the eyes of the beast. You didn't just bring the paws or the legs or, or, or just the heart. You, what was it? It was a, a whole burnt offering, totally given over to God. And so it says here that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice. How do you present that? I'll tell you how, just die daily. Paul says, I die daily. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We need to die daily. Some of us don't die monthly. Some of us, I'm sorry to say, I wonder if we die yearly. Go a whole year without dying to self. Crucify ourselves. Reckon ourselves. Mortify our members. Some people are not willing to do that. They can be saved, but they'll not be really strong, great Christians. If you don't learn to just deny yourself. Jesus said in Luke 14, if you do not deny yourself, you cannot be my disciple. Deny and leave all you have. Forsake all. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. And the cross is a place, is a, is a sign of ignominy and debauchery and, and just... Terrible. By the way, I think it was A.W. Tozer said that that man that was going to the cross, he was not coming back. He was going to die. And we need to just go to the cross and say, Lord, nail me to that cross today. Let me yield myself as a sacrifice to thee. And then it says here, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, holy, not worldly. God's not interested in some worldly sacrifice. The second, ver second verse tells us that. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. I think that's what we need today from the pastor all throughout the congregation. Up there too, amen. We need a renewing of our mind. We need a transformation into thinking like Christ thinks. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Whatsoever things are lovely, pure, good report, virtuous, 
Think on these things. Think on the sacrifice of Christ, the glory of God, the glory of His creation, and, his, and how He created everything and spoke it into existence. May we see His glory. May we get our eyes off of uh, our puny ideas and our puny ways. I was reading in the Sword of the Lord last, well, I guess it was this morning, real early. And as I was reading, I noticed that this one well-known pastor up in Oklahoma, he said he knows a pastor friend who has a, a growing work and a going work, but he said he's always looking behind to see how the other pastors in their churches are trailing, trailing in regard to growth and everything. He said, I, I pity the man. It's all he talks about. He said, just be what God wants you to be. Forget the rest of them. We're not in competition. We're to be out there after souls, souls, souls for Jesus. That's what he said. He pitied the dear man. And he was a friend of his. Pray for us as we go. My wife and I go down to a pastor's fellowship tomorrow. Because that group is known for that same thing. Always comparing themselves among themselves. But I want to go hear Tom Farrell. I haven't heard him in a long time. And then I want to hear Joe West. And Mrs. West is going to have something for the ladies. And Joe West's a dear brother. Had the great, great Bible Baptist Church down in San Antonio. His son has it now. Great Mission Church. And Brother West goes all over having mission conferences, trying to raise funds for missions. By the way, at the end of the service, we need to take an offering up for that dear family. That brother went over there, tried to start a church, and those stinking sinners, amen, wicked killers. He got four kids and a wife at home, and now the church doesn't have a pastor either. Very traumatic. We could take a little offering up, lighten. He'd want us to take something up for his wife, wouldn't he? Lighten her load a little bit. I don't care how big his church was, amen. She still needs a little, uh, a little love and kindness to her. Thank God for those four men that went over there. I hope that they won't put the skids on and not let anybody else in. I hope they'll come in like a flood and we'll have First Baptist churches in every town in Iraq. So they'll have some love and quit all this wicked, wicked killing. They don't even care if they kill their own people. You, come on now. Some people need to wake up. Amen? Don't even care about killing their own people. Well, they got the heart of Saddam in them. That's what he's, they've got. They need the heart of God in them. They need Jesus Christ in them. They'll put their guns away and start opening their Bibles in the morning. That would change their hearts. By the way, if you don't change people's hearts, you haven't done much for them. They'll change completely. If they truly repent and trust Jesus Christ, they'll be made a new creature just like you and I. Amen. They'll be different. They may even pay the price of their life as they spurn and say, Enough with Mohammed! Enough with Allah! Enough with, with Islam! I'm going for Christ if you kill me! Amen? Brother John Salama, his own friends beat him up. 
in Egypt because he was a Christian. And all his friends were Muslims. He said, my friends beat me up. Man, alive. Can't hardly get a job over there. Well, God bless that dear man. Gave his life, tried to start a church. Amen. That might, that might get some others wanting to say, I'm coming next. Amen. I'll get in that country one way or another. And I want to get that guy saved that murdered him. Amen. God's grace is sufficient. That's what they did about those cannibals and Jim Elliott. All those down there. Killed them all, cannibalized them all. But praise God, hallelujah. A whole surge of missionaries rose up. I'll tell you, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. We need to go on and just trust the Lord. Do something great for God. And be kind and gracious and merciful to these that have lost their loved ones in the midst of it. Holy, acceptable unto God. Is, we need a renewing of our mind. We need that which is acceptable to the Lord, not acceptable to men. Homosexuality is vile and wicked, and Sodom and Gomorrah is, and uh, Adam and Zeboam are the proof of it. And if you would have any sweetie pie attitude toward perversion, you need to get closer to God. I hate that stuff. And I'm like the Lord in hating that stuff. Amen? You better speak out against it. In Minnesota, too, huh? You got that Gorkian up there, don't you? Isn't he up there in Minnesota? Trying to kill everybody, or maybe that wasn't in Minnesota. Michigan. That's where Brother Chris Beard's going for a deputation. He needs to go over and see Gork. And tell him he's going to burn in hell. That'd be a good thing for Chris Beard. He'd try, he'd try to get to him, wouldn't he? Amen, even with a wife. He'd try to get to him. He doesn't, you don't get him saved, he's going to burn in hell. Trying to kill older people. By the way, you, don't you even contemplate suicide. It's, it's a, the devil. Hello? Don't you even think about that. You, you just cast that out. We have already have a sermon on it. It's, it's five S's. It's very, it's very sad. It's very satanic. What's the other S's? Selfish and sinful. What's the fifth one? Stupid. Amen. It's stupid to try to take your own life. God gives life. Even Job, how Job was down. His wife was saying, curse God and die. And Job said, you talk like one of the foolish women. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Boy, that's faith speaking. That's not Job. Hello, that's not Job speaking. That's faith, faith that God had put in his heart. When he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. That's not Job. Job was going under, friends. That's the Christ in Job. It says, I'll see him myself one day. You miserable comforters, all of you. And at the end, God spoke to him in a whirlwind. When he prayed for his friends, or his enemies. Oh, when we start praying for our enemies, all of a sudden... God will work in our life. Amen? Forgive them, Stephen said, for they know not what they do. The Lord Jesus himself 
as he was dying and then the martyr Stephen. They know not what they do. And then be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to yearn for holiness. We need to yield to the Lord of holiness. We need to not be yoked up with the world. We need to die daily. We need to yield to His acceptability. We need to yield our minds to be renewed minds. And we need to yield to the will of God. And we must resist the world. It says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Then we go on and so many admonitions all through here. Look at verse 9 again just for a moment. Let love be without dissimulation. Let your love be pure. Abhor that which is evil. Hate that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. I mean, just, you know, a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And here it says that means they're to stay together. Cleave to his wife. That's biblical. And so then what? We're to cleave to the Lord. We're to really want to be close to the Lord. I mean, I don't want everybody else close to my Lord and not me. And we can all have, we can all have his closeness and nearness. He's big enough for all of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Our God is everywhere present. Our Christ, through the person of the Holy Spirit, is everywhere person, person present. And He's in every believer. Man, woman, boy, or girl who's repented of their sin and put all their faith in Jesus Christ. He lives in every one of us. And God is everywhere present. The devil is not everywhere present. No, no. God is. And the devil's powerful, but he's not all-powerful. God's all-powerful. And then the devil, he knows a lot, but God is omniscient. He knows everything. So you have the omnipotent God and the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. No wonder you're so different. The all-knowing God lives inside of you. The person of the Holy Spirit. The all-powerful God lives inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. The ever-present Christ lives in you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's available to all of us anytime. I do believe this, and I've been, do, I've been trying to follow this. When I go for prayer, and I go to prayer, I ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins first. I've done that just the last couple months. I mean, when we come into his presence, we are still sinners, but we're saved by grace. We need to tell the Lord how sinful we are. One time I was almost wanting to rebuke Brother, Brother Chris Beard because he, in his prayers, you know, he'd say, oh, Lord, I'm so wicked and this and this. I've changed my mind. In Christ we're made pure, but I, in and of ourselves we are so far from what we ought to be in Christ. We are so far. We ought to confess our sin and our, our proneness to sin. So easy to let that sin which does so easily beset us take over us. When you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. Look at verse four, uh, 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think. Here we're talking about the renewing of our mind, not to think more highly. Think of himself, it says here, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. 
But by the grace of God, we're, we're able to do all kinds of unbelievable evil and sin. But by the grace of God. But we ought to be asking God to keep us pure. You want to be pure? Ask God to keep you pure. To give you purity of life. You say, well, I did some things before. Well, that's before. All the pages of the future are, are clean white writing paper. So you write your life, but may it be just yielding to Christ, yielding to Christ, yearning for His holiness, yearning for His will, yearning for His, his power, yearning to present yourself a living sacrifice, yearning to be holy, yearning to be acceptable unto Him. Does it matter to you to be acceptable unto Christ? If you're not saved, you're sure not acceptable to Christ. If you've never been born again, all God sees is your sin. The wrath of God abideth on him, the Bible says. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Oh, but he condescended to reach us and to lift us out of our sins. Set us upon a rock and establish our goings. What a great Savior. But we need a renewing of our mind. Here's how you get it. In your personal devotions, reading your Bible every day. In your prayer time. In your family devotions. Don't let up on your family devotions. Just because there's a devil around. Start again. You just start again. You've got to have a good starter to be a good, strong Christian. If you start falling behind in your personal devotions, personal Bible reading, personal prayer, personal soul winning. You know what? The third one is where everybody messes up. It seems like. Yeah, they used to have it in the back of every little track almost. Now there's three things you need to do now that you've received Christ as your Savior. Read your Bible every day, pray every day, then you should get into a good Bible preaching church, but that's not usually the third one. Years ago, it was talk to somebody about Jesus every day. That's where we all fall down, don't we? Because we have no power. See, we have confidence in self and not in Christ. Who commissioned us to go and tell. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And you're just like I am sometimes. Uh, Brother Daniel, I could, just, I could just go to anybody. I could just take them on. I mean, I spiritually speaking, man, I... You know, if they said something back to me, I'd just preach a sermon to them. I had power. Other times, I'm just as weak as a little kitten. I get around people maybe with some brass or something, you know what I mean? A little rank. Or, or my doctor or a lawyer or some of these people. or People are in higher places. And I'm telling you, Paul said, pray, pray for me. Paul, that with all boldness... If Paul needed to pray for boldness, I think we need to pray for boldness. Man, don't we get so weak sometimes? Other times, boy, just give me that peck of tracks. I'll chase that guy down out there, man. And God's put him on my heart. I'm going to chase him down. If he goes into a house, I'm, going to, I'm still going in after him. Amen? I'll knock until he comes to the door. You know what I mean? Other times, man, I hope they're not home. Huh? No, I don't get that bad usually. But anyhow, I know some of you new ones probably do. Oh, I'm glad they didn't come. That guy looked awful ugly in the backyard. He looked worse than his dog. Meaner than his dog. I'm sure glad he didn't come. Let's go to the next house. 
Aren't we so weak at times? And yet we think we're such wonderful soul winners. Hmm? How many have we seen led to Christ personally by ourselves going on for God? Check up on that. Sometimes the Lord doesn't let you see all the results so that you won't get a big head and think you're somebody. But I'm telling you, God's the one that does the work. You don't save anybody. And a young Christian will say, well, you saved me. I say, well, I understand what you're saying. Jesus saved you. I'm just the water boy, just bringing that water of life to you. But I'm glad you think that the Lord used me a little bit. The Lord used evangelist in Pilgrim's Progress, and he used him in two men's lives. They said, oh, here comes evangelist. And I think it was right after that that, that uh, Faithful died in Vanity Fair, didn't he? Faithful died in Vanity Fair. Pilgrim went on his way, but he picked up another one. What was it, Hopeful? One of the others? Yeah, God will always bring someone else. When one's martyred for Christ, when Faithful's martyred for Christ, in Vanity Fair, praise God, Hopeful, there was another one too. A couple of them went on with him. Praise God, just be faithful to the Lord. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Look at this next verse 10, be kindly affectioned one to another. This is like a command. You be kindly affectioned one to another. He's not making a suggestion here. He's saying, as a believer, as my brethren, you be kind to one another. Or you'll pay a big price. With brotherly love. Not brotherly shove, brotherly love. Brotherly love. That's what they call Philadelphia, don't they? City of brotherly love. We need some of that. In honor, preferring one another. What is this? In other words, don't you take the glory for something. In honor, let them have the preferment. four fellows got up and sang, didn't they? You know, and someone comes up and said, boy, boy, Luke, I didn't know, I didn't know uh, you had that nice a voice. And the others are standing around there. And don't, don't feel like, hey, don't forget me. Huh? But what should Luke's attitude be? The other fellows did a good job, didn't they? Huh? Not, boy, I have done better lately, haven't I? That's the world. He didn't do that. I'm just using an example. They sang beautifully, all four of them, didn't they? But prefer your brother. Say, boy, yeah, you should have heard him a, a, few, a few years ago. Man, he, God's done a miracle in his life. Doesn't he have a beautiful voice? Isn't God great? Or you can say, boy, yeah, you, you, think, you think mine was any good at all. Boy, you ought to hear so-and-so in the choir. They sing like an angel. Huh? Don't say, oh, yeah. Then people come up and say, oh, preacher, that was a good sermon. I don't hear that too often because I preach so strongly. But, uh, oh, that was a good sermon. Uh, I just tell them, the Lord's good, isn't he? Hallelujah. I'm glad you got a blessing. You got to be careful. You might, you might all of a sudden think you're a good, great preacher or something. 
No, the great preacher is Christ Jesus, our Savior. Never a man spake like this man. I'm telling you, poor preachers can use this word of God and it's do such wonderful work. Poor speakers, this word of God is dynamite. No matter who preaches it, as long as they're God called. God calls loud preachers and soft preachers and intellectual preachers and somewhat shamefully a uh, little bit more ignorant than they ought to be preachers. Hello, he uses all kinds. But the ones he really uses are the obedient ones who give all the glory to God and take none of it for themselves. Prefer others before yourself, not slothful in business. You're not supposed to be slothful in business. You're to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. It's not right for you to go around mopey-doping around all the time. I'm going to heaven, Brother Tims. Amen? All the imps in hell can't change that. And that's been 44 years. Saved in 1959. Before most of you even breathed a breath. 44 years I've been saved. And I'm jumping as much as I've ever jumped. And I get happy in the Lord. And don't you cool me off. Don't you discourage me. I'll run you over. In my running after Christ. In his joyful spirit. Everybody goes around like, like their mother just died three hours ago. Honestly, it's terrible. We need some joy in this church. And the joy among believers. Christ is in our heart. My sins are gone. I've been rejoicing about that for 44 years. I've had very little sickness in my life. But if I'd have had all the sickness of Brother Bishop, you can still rejoice in the Lord. I'd like to get Brother Bishop to come over and preach to us. That sermon, God is good. God is so good. Hallelujah. After all he's gone through. Unbelievable. We're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. We're to think soberly. Rejoicing in hope. We're to rejoice in hope. We're to be serving the Lord. Not serving ourselves. You're not serving your husband and your wife. You're not serving your children. That's, that's, a, that's a byproduct. No, you're serving the Lord. It just happens in serving the Lord. You're feeding your children, you ladies. Amen. And loving your husband Trying to be kind to him. I tell you, some of you could do a little bit better. Some of you ladies. I kind of envy you, Brother Joe. I do. My, my daughter, Linda, and I, I was out in the garage the, uh, just the other day, just yesterday, the day before, because one of their babies was sick a while. And right there on the, on the light switch, it said, I'm so glad you married me, Joe, or something like that. Whew. That'll cheer a guy's day up. Amen. And when she first got married, she had little notes all over the place. I love you. You're the most handsome man. And she, we knew she was lying there. Uh, anyhow, and she went on and on and on and on and on. Oh, all these little things everywhere on the mirrors, everywhere throughout the house. We could do more of that. I don't know how you frown at all anymore, Brother Joe. 
You say, what is it? Get back to your first love. I didn't see that one on there before, so that's a new one, that thing, thank you for marrying me. I, I, eight kids, you know, as I'm going under, thank you for marrying me. Only eight in about 10 years, that's mass production. Try it, you'll like it. <laughs> Glory be! All these precious lives you can train for the Lord. Little Sarah almost died last weekend, and the Lord raised her back up. Dehydration is very dangerous. Be thankful. She's alive. Amen? The princess is still around. Hallelujah. God is great. Rejoicing in hope. We have a great hope. Happy expectation. Patient in tribulation. Let's go down uh, to verse 16 just for a moment here. By the way, it does say in verse 14. 13 and 14. I'll just read this. Distributing to the necessities of saints given to hospitality. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. We are even to bless our enemies and those that persecute us. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things. Don't don't get involved with higher learning and great intellectual things. Leave that to Joe. Amen. He likes that. And there's certain people, and they love that's that's the thing. But don't don't get into uh, this, you know, higher, everything's higher. You're seeking after uh, things that are beyond you. Are you get what I'm talking? That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a thirst for knowledge. Amen. I I, I mean, especially the knowledge of God. But even, even God gives some people special abilities. But I'm talking about this matter of, of things that are too high for you. That's dangerous. Just be thankful. Just be thankful that God's given you a good mind and, you, and you're not going senile. Amen? You're not, you don't have Alzheimer's yet. Amen? Thank the Lord. Thank God. Pray. Here's the answer. Rejoicing in hope, back to verse 12. Instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. Constant care. Particularly faithful at it. Constantly a concern for prayer. By the way, if, if none of this seems to boil up to what you, you, you do or whatever, none of it, you maybe ch- better check up and make sure you're saved. Because some of this ought to excite you unto greater purity and greater holiness. And it ought, you, there ought to be some there before. Then rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be, kind, be of the same mind one toward another. There we go again. Mind not high things, but condescend. We're to condescend. We're commanded to condescend to men of low estate. Get down there with other people. Where the rubber meets the road. Get down where people are. Don't go around like, oh, I'm better than everyone else. You're not. You're made out of the same dust they're made out of. Yes, it was our little Jonathan. He was going around the house. And I came from the dust or something like that. <laughs> Amen. That's, 
Uh, just give that to the evolutionist. How old is he? Three? He's three years old. Give that to the evolutionist. We came from the dust. We didn't come from the water and leap out like a, a frog, you know what I mean, a polywog, and then you got legs and you jump out and pretty soon you, you're upright and I'm a man. Bunch of idiots. We came from the, from the dust, not from the water. We didn't come from some bunch of apes. That's why they're in a cage and we're not. Come on, wake up. Idiocy. People are idiots because they don't read and believe the Bible. The Bible said God sits on the circle of the earth. We had to go out, out, out of space to find out. We had to see Columbus, see the, see the ships coming up and seeing the sails first, it seems like. You all heard that, didn't you? Know? He says, I think the world's round. If I go this way, I'll come back the other way. Well, God said that the earth was not flat. Amen? He said, and then the circulation of the blood. William Harvey took him to a certain time to find out the circulation in the blood. And they were bloodletting, and they should have been putting more blood in them. How much we all know. Life is still in the hands of God. Thank God for good doctors, but sometimes the doctors don't know what to do. They just say, pray. I've done all I can do, pray. And if they don't have any wisdom, then they don't even tell you to pray. Look at verse... Be not wise in your own conceits. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. Don't do evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, live peaceably with all men. Mm. As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Do you want to fight with people? Man, I don't want to fight. Do you want to fight? Not with the saints. I want to fight with the devil's crowd. Amen. I sometimes like that, brother Tibbs. We'll go get him. Amen. But I'm telling you, I don't. I don't care to fight with the saints. Oh, we ought to be peacemakers. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. By the way, in the, that same Sermon on the Mount, it says, "Blessed are are ye poor." Blessed are ye poor. And it's only quarter after 12, so don't think that my sermon's getting too long. Hello, I usually preach till 12.30. So if you want to let out at 12, go over to the church over there, amen, that had the, the, uh, had the Super Bowl and that nakedness and filth and all the nakedness of the, of the girls and all. I tell, you, I tell you what I was praying this morning. You know what the Spirit of God told me? They shouldn't have any of that mess in God's house on Sunday. That football game shouldn't even, a uh, hundred years ago, they would not have even, if they had television, would not have even allowed that to be shown and not even allowed their boys to play on the Lord's Day. And they're televising it, and these, these whack, uh, wacko preachers the biggest Baptist church in town. Can you believe that? And they show, they just have a little sermonette during the halftime, and then they go back to a bunch of heathen, heathen men who are self-glorying in their, in their football abilities on God's day and liquor ads and all kinds of stuff up there. No wonder Janet Jackson's up there next. 
They better do something with her. She should have gone to jail. Fifty and seventy-five years ago, she'd gone to jail. Friends, no questions asked. Take her to jail. What's she doing that stuff for? Indecent exposure—they used to call it. Someone said they had streaking at that time too. I don't know if there was any of that, but I know they had some other immoral acts going on right in front of everybody. Things that should never be done ever with clothes on or without clothes on. Amen? Playing the devil's music. I wish Moses had come off the mount. Amen? Levites, get your swords on. Go in and slay every man his brother if they've been involved with that Janet Jackson stuff. You just kill every one of them. 3,000 died at Pentecost, that first Pentecost. 3,000 died at the hands of the Levites. And they had zeal. They had zeal for God. And God gave them the priesthood. One out of 12 tribes was Levi. And it says that the Levites were the ones that took the swords at Pentecost. I'm talking about the Old Testament Pentecost. When they were about 50 days out from Egypt. Mm -hmm. You say, oh, I don't think they ought to do that. Well, if, if Moses is in charge and God is sending Moses to give the commands, then it's all right. Amen. You say, I believe in a God of love. I do too. We love God so much that he does whatever he pleases. Amen. With us and everybody, everything else in his world. Then it says down here, we'll close with this. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. And if he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. We should only say good about what God says good is good in the Bible. Don't you be patting a bunch of perverts on the back when God sent his fire and destroyed them, those four cities, because of their wicked insolence. Wicked. They were a wicked affront to God. And he said, enough of this. Just like he did in the days of Noah. He said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. He was patient. He preached for a hundred years. It's going to rain. God's judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Every time they were nailing something to the ark, they were saying, judgment is coming. I'm not building this ark for nothing. And he preached over a hundred years. Noah did. They sure didn't listen to his preaching, did they? He got Mrs. Noah in the ark, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their three wives. Eight people saved, and God destroyed every other one. The implication is they were the only saved people in the whole earth. The implication is. If they'd have been saved, they'd have got on the ark. That's what I believe. 
When I come back, shall I find faith upon the earth? And Sodom and Gomorrah, how many got out of there? Three. Even Mrs. Lot turned into a pillar of salt. As a monument to disobedience. Going against the word of God. Well, if you're not saved, you know what you need to do today? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You know what we need to do as believers who've already been saved? We better ask God for a renewing of our mind and transformation of our life and uh, to have a new and holy hatred for the world and not conform to this world, but conform to Him and every wish and desire of His will for us and that alone. And when we stand before Him, we'll be so glad we did. We'll be so glad we refused the world and accepted His portion for us. And may we do it with humility and realizing that if it was not by the grace of God, we'd all be in hell right now. Grace, thank God for grace. Let's pray. Our Father, bless us. We love Thee, Lord. We thank Thee for the grace of God. Help us, Lord, to, in these great commands in the 12th chapter of Romans, may, dear God, this Thy Word just do something great and good for us. Oh, I need it in my life, precious Lord. Continuing in prayer. Oh, dear Lord, may we just realize that our prayer life is just so important. It is so important. We're clean through the word, but we're empowered by prayer. Help us, Lord. Help us, 